0: Today's show is like getting two scoops of gelato for me. We get to explore another slice of Sicilian heaven in a village with all the connectivity, life necessities, and a wine fountain during their fall festival. Plus, we're exploring a fascinating and relatively unknown pathway that allowed today's guests to live and earn legally in Italy. Join me, your host, Nancy Steele, as we get a rare opportunity to explore the innovative startup visa, sometimes called the 250000 investor visa. Ciao! If expatriation and immigration are on your mind, you've looked at Italy and wondered, is it possible? I did. In 2019, I was certain we could do it. In 2020, the world changed, and due to our reaction to it, our situation changed as well. I was no longer certain that Italy was within our reach. Plus. Rumors about taxes and visas had me both confused and worried. Thanks to my favorite podcast, Retire There with Gil and Jean, and a bevy of generous immigrants who've gone before, as well as a personality that tends to doggedly seek to turn lemons to limoncello, my dream was rekindled. I decided to get my questions answered directly from first-person sources already experiencing affordable Italy. Living La Dolce Vita on a bootstring. Join me as we explore with expats and experts if a future in Italy could be on your horizon. I am a risk avoider. Many times in my life, the opportunity to do something big and scary has approached me, and I've ducked behind the couch. Today's guest does not appear to share this characteristic with me. Bold and entrepreneurial, she and her husband have achieved a new life in Italy while maintaining their original U.S. based businesses and plan to add new passion pursuits from their soon to be refurbished palazzo in Piedimonte et Neo, Sicily. How can they live in Italy and earn money with no Italian heritage and no employer sponsoring them? The innovative startup visa, sometimes called the 250,000 investor visa, was their path to entry. I hope you all enjoy picking Jen's brain with me today. And our thanks for this connection goes to Mark Hinshaw, who interviewed her recently and put us together. Jen and Matt Mason met in Michigan, where Jen was born and raised. She and Matt, a native of Detroit, then Iowa and Connecticut, moved to the Boston metro area, Boulder, Colorado, and Dallas, Texas, before they circled back to Massachusetts. There, the renovation bug got under their skin with an 1870s commercial carriage house remodel that was to be their home in the U.S. until they recently moved to Sicily. Jen's background in art and graphic design from the University of Michigan launched a self-directed and often entrepreneurial career as an artist, designer, instructor, author, then years as editor-in-chief of cloth, paper, scissors, as well as fulfilling the role of director of content marketing. But she wasn't she attended an eight-week boot camp at Startup Institute and landed a position as the socialization expert for C-Space, where she created immersion rooms for Boge, Google, and Under Armour, as well as websites and video campaigns for Disney, health insurance, and fintech. And then Jen found her passion that many of us will relate to, cheese. She opened a cheese store in 2017 that still runs called Curds and Company. She then started a spinoff called Curdbox.com, a cheese and pairing experience that ships to all doorsteps all over the U.S. Last year, they sent 9,500 boxes to happy cheese eaters. Is there any other kind of cheese eater? If you're not already impressed with their entrepreneurial abilities, the list of media that have covered and recommended Curd Box should do the trick. The Food Network, The Food Lens, Oprah Daily, New York Magazine, The Today Show, Marie Claire, The Knot, Eater, Goop, and about a dozen others. As Jen puts it, matt's story is much simpler he studied aerospace engineering at the university of michigan and is a director of software engineering with the same company for 30 years so a rocket scientist married to a cheese lady took a group of cheese eaters to sicily on tour and a whole new chapter began they've developed a youtube site and social media presence around our place in sicily that will eventually become part of her passion project called project sicily.com an online compendium of resources for the sicilian curious in their words once their girls had finished undergraduate degrees while they were living in an expensive boston adjacent area they realized life is too short not to live purposefully and sicily's general affordability decreased their overall risk for making such a move jen welcome we're so sorry to miss matt today but eager to hear about the palazzo that i you just maybe uh, obtained keys for within the last couple of days
1: it's, it's actually coming it got pushed out a few more days but we're being patient 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 my favorite saying in italy is piano piano just <laughs> slowly slowly um it's spelled just like the the instrument piano piano and so it's a fun word to say and and you must live it if you're going to live in i think south italy for sure but definitely in sicily Um, all right it's a slower life and and you've got to you've got to absorb it or you have to fight it and i'd rather absorb it
0: i almost think that would be a good tattoo for anyone planning on moving to Italy. (laughs) it really would and it is
1: part of the reason why we've moved here last year on my birthday three people had sent me different versions of i hope you get time to slow down for your birthday and i was like wow i must look like a crazy person if three different random people are telling me like i'm so busy they hope that what they hope for me is that I get to be slow. (laughs) This is the way I did it. I moved to Sicily where your success if you do one thing a day. (laughs) I love it. Forced
0: forced piano. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. Tell us about how you work and earn in in Italy. You're the first person I've actually talked to who obtained the startup visa. And I would absolutely love to know, as I'm sure listeners will too, how did you choose the startup visa? How did that, that transpire? That is a great question.
1: Well, we fell in love with Sicily and then needed to find a way that we could live here Mm -hmm. uh, so that we could start this new journey we're on. And um, unfortunately, neither of us are Italian. So that uh, visa opportunity went out the door. Neither of us want to go back to school. So that visa, the student visa went out the door. We're not ready to retire yet. I don't know if we'll ever be ready to retire because we're crazy business people thinkers. Even if it's a little bit, I think we'll always be working. So we couldn't that one and there's like a few other things that you could do but there's quotas for them and we didn't want to wait five years to see if we could ever get into a quota and and then we spoke to our sort of helping team at smart move italy they run a facebook website and that's how i was starting to ask these questions and and somebody pointed out there that there's this startup visa and or investor visa and I was like, yeah, but we don't have money. We're not investors. We like we're getting by. We're you know we're really investing in our business in the hopes of one day selling it. That's why I started our two businesses was to create something cool that hopefully was so great somebody would want to buy it for me. That mm. was really our our big goal there. It was never meant to be like our job forever and ever, mm. um, because I always have new ideas. So it was it was to build something up, make something great. And then hand it over to somebody who would shepherd it on. And so I was like, this is crazy. I can't even consider a visa that I have to invest money in. And then I, I did a little more digging and we found out that because I was under the impression that I had to give somebody 250,000 euros <laughs> and not invest 250,000 euros. And I, I, I my brain just hadn't absorbed that. And so I thought, oh, well, okay, it, it is still risky. It is a startup, but- the idea is that we are investing it so we could actually make money on this. And we had already decided that we would be selling our house regardless of what we were doing. We were living in a very expensive town and we we bought we bought a carriage house. that was like a garage and we bought it and, and it was a very good investment for us. And we turned it into a house, which is like the biggest improvement on your money you can do is take something mm-hmm. that isn't a house into a house um, in an expensive place. And so we knew we had some, some cash coming out of the house and we're like, well, we're we're going to put it in the bank or we could invest it. So, so it wasn't like a whole lot of extra money we just have sitting around. We could like do this for any country we want to. We, we actually were just taking our investment from an investment in the bank to an investment in our future. And hopefully, fingers crossed, everything will go good. We did ask a lot of questions about you know a startup and what if they go out of business. And we were assured for the most part that it takes a while for a company to go out of business. Um, like there's the italian law like to file bankruptcy and do all these things is is very complicated and it wouldn't just happen to us one day and that wouldn't be an issue we need to hold on to the investment for five years in our case you get it for two years first and then you have you don't have to reinvest but you have to reapply for your permesso so so that in five years we can apply for our um, long-term eu permit and we can we can de- invest if we haven't already been deinvested, which could happen if our company gets an offer to buy them out which would be great or they're going under but we picked very carefully we can talk about that if you want to or another sure. time but, yeah yeah no but, I love it. Um, but so so yeah we basically took this money which we were lucky to have from the sale of our house because we put our hearts and soul into a, a stable <laughs>
0: a carriage house
1: a garage <laughs> It still had horse stalls in it and together we, we didn't do a lot of the, we did the painting and some other work, but we did all the design and we built something that actually made us enough money that we could take that. We've used some of the money for our businesses. Then we were able to just move it from a bank to this startup. And the great thing about this and the reason why we were willing to make that work is that the startup visa one is much, much, much faster because you basically have to pick a company, make sure they want you to invest in them and then invest in them. In three months, the consulate they can't hold up your paperwork because it's a startup. It's not like you're investing in you know something that's been around for three hundred years. Things need to move faster than that. So one, it works really fast in comparison to everybody else's procedure. Um, You sort of get approved by a special startup visa or the investor visa committee, like that. They make sure it's an actual company and that your money is clean and not laundered, and a bunch of other things. And um, we pass that no problem. And then you just start moving through the process. And we wouldn't have to be residents if we didn't want to. So we could use it for coming in and out however much we wanted to. So we wouldn't even have to do a 90 day in 90 day out. We would for the rest of Schengen, but for Italy, we could just come and go as we pleased.
0: Yeah. Great clarification.
1: That would have been great, but we want residency and we want to be part of Sicily and Italy. um, So that Part didn't really interest us, but it did for like at least the beginning. So we weren't sure with Matt's job, if we'd be going back and forth or just coming right away, we didn't really know. You kind of have to like take it one to two months at a time because it's just all so new to you and we could work. So we didn't need to get a work visa and we didn't need to take a job from a Sicilian. I already had two businesses, which I do have teams that run on the ground. To be honest, I, I work with a lot of the planning part, some curation and I pay the bills, but I have teams who are honestly doing all the hard work. It's taken me a while to find absolute perfect teams for both my companies. And I love and adore them all. They're both small businesses, but they make it possible for me to be able to do this.
0: Good people getting
1: cheese to other good people. Yes. It's very <laughs> important that as many people need cheese, Yes, um, get it. And those who don't know they need it, be aware of the fact that they need it. That's my goal in life. And Matt had to figure out how he was going to work with the company. And, you know, we weren't sure this was going to be for sure, for sure. I think in my heart, I knew it was going to be for sure, for sure. But Matt still, even as we were applying for the investor visa was like, I have to figure out what's happening work. He's worked for this company in some form, they've merged and been acquired and whatever, but it's this. he's like the last remaining employee from all of the companies. And uh, he's been with them. It'll be 30 years in January. They were great and they said, let us see if we can open up a little Italian office there and then you just stay as an employee or... There are opportunities to, what Matt ended up doing was becoming his own little contractor. So he contracts to them now. They pay him as a contractor instead of an employee. And uh, the other option is there are companies out here, if you don't want to take on the responsibility of doing all that work, who essentially hire you and then they contract you back to your U.S. company. Okay. And so great for us because, yes, Sicily is very affordable, but it would be really great if Matt still made a U.S. salary substantially more and um, and because he's doing the hard work and his employees actually live all over the world, the people who work for him. Hmm. So it's, it's always been for him, like he's never been in an office. So it works perfectly. He actually can't be with us today because he's flying back from a conference in Vegas where he stayed at the uh, Venetian, which was hmm. surreal for him to be in <laughs> Venice. I use my air quotes there yeah. while I'm actually in Italy. So yeah, so we chose it because we could work because we had the money being invested for a little bit amount, or we could move the same amount of money as we had it, but we, we aren't. This is like, let's say every penny we have. We tried not to touch retirement funds and, and stuff that was really, this yep. is for the savings, but everything else was up for grabs. And we really couldn't find another way to make a life in Italy in in the next five years. And um, time is of the essence. It's it's life is too short. We don't want to have regrets. And, And we are very lucky that we found a barn
0: to renovate 16 years ago and that we renovated it. Yeah, I think a lot of people in the in the US housing market, though, may have experienced a similar ride. You know, mm-hmm. correct? Even though yeah. you guys did it through sure. actual work, uh, refurbishing that carriage house, yes. many people in the US have taken yeah. the inflation ride with their house, Exactly. which, which actually could be considered investment money mm-hmm. if people wanted to think that way, because Italian and Sicilian housing markets are lower. So huh.
1: it, much lower, much yeah. lower. It, it was kind of hard to make the decision, though, because it seemed like a no brainer to do the startup visa so much so that it stopped us going what are we missing what there must be a catch what is the catch we have the money to invest from one investment to another we can go because our girls are of the age that we could do it, it gosh darn it like it really took us like a week of sitting at dinner going like is this too good to be true is this <laughs> i don't
0: well, I guess the thing everybody is afraid of is that two hundred and fifty thousand going into an investment the investment mm-hmm. disappearing uh, because right. the company goes under and then what do you you know where are you left that clearly would be you know probably the worst case scenario i would say definitely. right yeah. but in oh, your definitely yeah but in your particular circumstance even if that happens you've lost money that you took the option to invest in mm-hmm. you got from that your five years in Italy, if what I'm hearing is correct, mm-hmm. that they feel exactly. that even if the even if it went bankrupt, it would take mm-hmm. so long exactly. for that to happen. You would still be guaranteed your time there. Exactly. And then you can convert that into your EU visa. Exactly. So. And I'm sure there's also something
1: in taxes that I can write off a loss of investment yeah. oh. of some sort there, too. Sure, sure. So should... um, I don't I'm still wrapping my head around taxes that we can mm. talk about in like two years when I finally <laughs> figure that all out. But um But yeah, so it was, we did need to make sure that we were willing to say, lose the money. That sounds so tragic Uh. but that, um, you know, we weren't risking our health or our lives or whatever, like there was, would be alternatives. And then we had to really make a smart decision, which was. Kind of fun deciding who we were going to invest in. Yeah,
0: what did that look like? I mean, like, what were your choices? Not not specifics, but in general, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Because that's another real big concern: is how Great risky question. are these? So
1: there, are, well, there are some that are risky, and if you choose them, but you, like you can look at them right on. You're like, okay, well, they've existed for three days, and they don't know what they're doing yet. And hmm. hopefully, you have some. I wouldn't do this if you don't have any business sense at all or any financial advisor to help you. Um, I'm sort of strong in um, the startup community. And so it's very easy for me. And Matt has, you know, some other corporate experience working with small and startup um, companies as his clients. So we knew that we wanted to choose something that we knew something about, and we had to decide who was going to be the investor, because even though it's the money belongs to both of us, it's one person that invests. Interesting, And the other person comes as the spouse. Is that like family um,
0: reunification thing, or they just allow us? A...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, but they also get all the same rights as a startup investor. So they also get to work from there. It's it's, it, but it's just supposed to be one person. So I'm the person who had to do the FBI check. I'm the person who had to have the police check for all the states I lived in in the last ten years. I had to have the fingerprints. Matt didn't. He just got to come as my spouse, but got all the rights and privileges anybody who was married to me gets.
0: Mm, nice. <laughs> there's
1: only one person. <laughs> it's a very special, special award you can have. It was very interesting. I'll just say, as a side note, you know, in this um, semi patriarchal world, for us to have this table turned on us where Even though it's both of our our finances, I'm the holder and there are people who would be just assume it was Matt. And so we had like an interesting sociological experience there too, as the sort of woman leading the way through this, (laughs) um, which was fun. And so since I was going to be the person that was going to be applying for the startup visa. It was going to be my name that was going to be the person who would be the contact for the startup. And the idea is that you want to find a startup who wants an investment. And I will say as somebody who owns a small business, I if somebody just called me out of the blue and said, hey, we want to invest $250,000 in your company, I probably would have said no.
0: Hmm.
1: Because the way my two businesses are set up, neither of them make sense for us, for me to take that 250 and be able to make a million dollars on it. I don't own those types of businesses that could have that substantial growth that I could give you back your part. Once I had used, I think sort of as a loan, it's not really a loan, but you know, um, mm-hmm. it just would have been, oh, it would have given me so much pressure. So we need to find a company that wants
0: that. Were you on your own with finding that, Jen? Or was there a, some sort of a pre-approved list? So yeah. So you start with, it has to be a pre-approved list. It's called Italy's
1: Chamber of Commerce mm. list. It has a bunch of approved companies. When I say approved, I don't actually know what gets them on the list because there are people on there that, that aren't eligible to mm. be a startup because they, maybe they got on the list six years ago and you have to be under five years old to oh, okay. qualify as a startup for this. Um, it also has to be a, an innovative startup. So, I think if you just were starting up a farm that had no innovation to it or something, okay, you know, that wouldn't count either. But there is a list and it's a very long list. So, then we searched by what my specialties were, um, oh, which smart. is in food. And because I, I know their worlds, I can tell whether they're any good. Mm -hmm. or doing something interesting. And so we ended up looking in sort of uh, wine, especially foods, tourism sort of world. And then we contacted a bunch of them. Again, we did have help. We used Smart Move Italy for this, mostly because Matt and I both own businesses. It isn't cheap to do, Mm -hmm. but it's more affordable for us to pay somebody else to do it than to take the time away from our own work or to take how long it would take you know, we were able to process this whole thing. We decided to do it in September. And by December, we were living here. Oh man, that's
0: so, fast. So um,
1: he moved very fast. So yeah. some people like decide in September and then six years, from, <laughs> they're moving to, to Italy. But if we had to have done that by ourselves, it would have been easily three years just to have the time to like translate and look at it and get it wrong and get it wrong again. Mm. And, um, and it's so new. I think the latest numbers were, we're looking at, and I think Mark Hinshaw, who, who introduced us mm-hmm. had said he had looked it up and there were only like 50 people now who've had a startup visa wow. or an investor visa. So it is so new, even my comune, which is my little town mm-hmm. where we have to register the, the guys who normally do the paperwork or should do the paperwork, had no idea what we were talking about. Oh my goodness. They told my lawyer who was there to help us was like, no, 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 you go to the post office and do that. Cause that's how you do a regular he's a permesso. So we had to call somebody down from upstairs. And um, and that woman was fantastic and taught all the guys how to do it. (laughs) And now they all know how to do it. And you know, who knows if we'll get another one in town. But um, it's very new. So you've got no experience doing any of these things, poor Italian, whatever. So we hired Barton of Italy to help us. And they really walked us through all the spots. And they started by reaching out to the I think we picked like 10 companies to start with. Some never responded and just checking to see if they're even interested in somebody investing because these people are on a list just as startups. They don't know that this, this is also being used and given to people like me as the approved list. They're not aware of that. No, they just qualify as an innovative startup. So they can use that when they apply for grants or do other things. It just is sort of like a certification. I see. Um, so yeah, they had no idea. So you just kind of have to explain to them what it is. Thankfully, our company, they both of the co-founders, both speak beautiful English as well. But our, our lawyer at SmartMove uh, set up meetings with us, with all of the CEOs from all the companies. So this is where it was really fun. Because yeah, these are small companies. I think the biggest one had maybe 10 employees because cool. they're startups, they're small. And we got to sit down and have one-on-one Zoom calls from the U.S., to all over Italy and talk to them and ask questions and see their financials and ask important things about like where they want their growth to be. How are they getting customers? What, you know, what's their, their big roadblocks. And uh, it was really easy for some of those companies for us to see, like, this is like the basis of a really good idea, but I can see... The writing on the wall for what will stop them here here and here so, so you know we wish them well but took them off our list and okay. got down to a couple and and you just you know you whittle it down kind of like hush there's nothing really else you do in life it's sort of like a reverse job interview because you get to choose them yeah it's them choosing you but it's like we were interviewing them and yeah we picked our company they're fantastic we think they have a, an amazing chance of building something great that could be sold to another company have a beautiful giant exit uh <laughs> because what they're doing is just so smart and interesting and regardless we feel great about about them as people hmm. we feel great about them as uh, the innovations that they're doing and we like the product we like everything about it so even if everything went under we'd be very i think we'd be more sad for them than we uh-huh. would be for us. That's how much we like them. And it's not a lot of work. You know, we, we have meetings every once in a while. Right now they're traveling all over the world for conventions because this is that season. And then when they come back, they'll give us all their, their new updates. And when they need something from us, we offer that we're at their service. If they need anything, Matt's a, a software engineer. Mm-hmm. And so they've had discussions with Matt and, and they understand that even though I'm the investor, that we are both a team that are invested in, in their sure, future. Sure. So, okay. So it's been great. So that was a really long story, but that's sort of how we vetted them. And it was fun. I felt important and like I was doing something good for Italy, which is Hmm. what's sort of most important for us. Like it's not just like buying our way into a country by buying a beautiful gigantic house or something like I'm investing in the future of an Italian company.
0: I absolutely love that.
1: And I really love that. Yeah, It makes me feel so good about being there.
0: Oh, that is awesome. With the rumblings that we've heard all through 2023 Mm -hmm. about the potential for changes in the elective residence visa. And again, there's nothing formal out there that Mm -hmm. says um, requirements for passive income are changing. But the informal reports that we're hearing from people across multiple Facebook forums, and um, sometimes personal messages that I get, um, which Mm -hmm. have actually even developed into relationships uh, with folks, it's concerning for those of us who are looking in the future. to apply for a residence visa. I did an interview with Nicola Bola, a commercialista, this summer. And at the very end, I hijacked him with, you know, do you have words of wisdom for us? And one of the things that um, that he did say was if someone, he didn't say this part, I'm adding it, but if someone is actually being, maybe you feel you're being priced out potentially for an elective residence visa, you need to maybe think about some other ways to get there just as you mm-hmm. and Matt did. And one of the right. ones that he mentioned was the 250 visas. So we've toyed with this, but I'm I'm like you, Jen, I don't have what we call burn money. I don't have mm-hmm. 250,000 to buy a visa and or to right. lose, you know. Right, right. Um, But one of the conversations and ongoing thought processes that we have, if we were to be priced out of an electric residence visa before our date, which would be, you know, we'll apply in 2027 as a plan. Mm -hmm. One of the things we've thought about is taking some of that housing money and considering maybe we would put that in because the truth of the matter is we can probably find housing money Mm -hmm. more easily than feel comfortable moving long-term investments or anything like that. I absolutely love that you guys were so wise with the whole thing, legal counsel, you both have good business minds, um, you spent time researching, you already know from your own background, what you're looking for. I think the average person would absolutely mm-hmm. need to consider lots and lots of professional help through that whole phase. But oh my gosh, that's so interesting to hear how that really works. Thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure. That brings us to the next decision you had to make, At least not a huge country, but it's rich in <laughs> wonderful places to live. Mm-hmm. I do know that you did take a cheese-eating group on tour to Sicily for that purpose. <laughs> exactly. Yes. How yes, though yes, yes. did you come up with Piedmont, Etna, Sicily as your home? Yeah. Well, it was not easy. <laughs>
1: when we came on our tour with our uh, our customers, we did go all around the entire island, and by the end of it, we really were more. We like the East Coast, and I can't really put my finger on it other than there seems to be more opportunities on the East Coast. So it's sort of like Palermo, Trapani, sort of out on the West, but on the East, you have an entire sort of Eastern seaboard. It's a, the country is like a the country. The island is the triangle and the East Coast is one whole long arm of it versus Palermo, which is sort of the outer corner. Mm-hmm. So we knew there were more choices to move around there. We liked the East Coast. We liked the areas. And then we made a trip where we decided we were going to try to, we took like two weeks, maybe it was like 10 days and and decided to live like in uh, the Aetna area for like four days and then down in Catania did we want to consider a city and then we picked down in Ortigia uh, which is in the the province of Syracuse because it's beautiful there we knew we'd like it but it's a little more expensive so we so essentially Piedamonte is smaller more rural Catania was a city and Ortigia was more tourist Okay. Touristic. They're all sort of near the Catania Airport, so all within about forty-five minutes or less of the airport. Because we live here, because we want to have everybody we know come and visit us and mm-hmm. ex- and explore Sicily. It's so funny. It's really taken off here, but. Two years ago when we started this and we told people Sicily, they were like, oh, that's on my list, but it's like way below everything else I want to go see. And now we have people coming out of the woodwork because of uh, the White Lotus television show. And uh, (laughs) there's a bunch of things, but Sicily is just, it's gone crazy after, you know, the first bit of COVID has cleared up out of the air and it's, it's fantastic. So we took that trip, unfortunately, halfway through that trip, I fell and broke my leg and, um, And spent six days in the Catania hospital, which, man, I'd like to complain about it, but I found it utterly interesting. And Mm. I now have no concerns about hospital medical situation. Okay. And it was fascinating to just really, you're, you're really in an intimate space. I had uh, two other roommates and you just see people and sometimes people at their worst, but at their worst times in their life in the hospital, they were there for breaks and fractures and illnesses or whatever. Yeah. So it was like, I got to live in the house of three other people sharing this room and then, <laughs> It, so it was, and I really my Italian was really poor at the time. So it was really just sort of watching and seeing and listening and you know reading everything as like one of my senses was gone because I couldn't talk. Yeah, uh, it was fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. And so I have zero worries about the healthcare system. Italy in general has very good healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's always a little less invested in in the south than in sicily but i will tell you that i got back to the states and my u.s doctor said my surgery was so great i got to take the staples out a week early i walked on it a week early i'm just saying it It, it was fine and the hospital food while still not great was significantly better <laughs> than, so than the u.s <laughs> um yeah. you got like a, a primi a secondi a contorni oh <laughs> it was I check fascinating <laughs> um so I just, you have to think about this Italy or wherever, if you're going to move somewhere else, as a learning experience and enjoy it because otherwise, why bother? We then finished our trip down in uh, Ortigia. We had to find a new Airbnb that I could get into in a wheelchair, which was fun and interesting. <laughs> also, a journey. My husband only dumped me out of the wheelchair on cobblestones once. Um, oh so goodness. that was a success. But we kind of decided listen, we knew Catania wasn't what we wanted. We already sort of in the US live adjacent to Boston so we've done that we mm-hmm. did want a town we could like walk to a farmers market get fresh food every day and really walk around and so we said let's pick Ortega for our first year i don't know if it would be a good fit we thought for long term but it is lively and there are people who are speaking Italian and we wouldn't be like remote from other people and it would force us to use our Italian and, and And there's a beautiful farmer's market and we'll go every day and we'll get our food and then we'll come back and we'll and it'll be perfect. And while we're doing that, we can decide, is that what we want to keep doing or do we want to go up and look up at the area? We took another trip in September here and found actual uh, apartment we were going to live in we're staying in a beautiful beautiful apartment which will be available
0: (laughs) if anybody needs a place
1: um yes with a great landlord three bedrooms three baths like two thousand square feet it has Mm. a whole laundry room and a terrace on top that has got the most amazing sunsets and it's like less than half of what our apartment was we lived in an apartment for a short time when we sold our house back in Mm -hmm. the u.s was like half of Less than half of what our apartment was for like twice the amount of square footage.
0: Can you give listeners an idea on what rent would be yeah. in Ortigia for something like that, even though we're yeah. actually going to be talking about Piedamonte? Yeah, 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 sure. So this place is on the expensive side at $1,600.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, three bedrooms, three baths, a nice kitchen, a dining room. uh mm-hmm. It's a family room, a living room, and a terrace. It's it's like fantastic. My mother and mother-in-law came out this last month and they were like, why don't you just stay here? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Because they also saw our abandoned palazzo that we're going to buy instead. Okay. It's uh, $1,600. And I will tell you that my Sicilian friends think we're paying American rent. <laughs> oh. Because, I mean, we're in a tourist town. This is a place that the landlord who's lived here is Sicilian. It's got air conditioning. and It's got all the amenities that an American ha- have come to lo- Americans have okay. come to love. But you can find something much smaller and $800 a month in a beautiful place, a nice place beautiful you know maybe not as big but it's eight hundred dollars would be probably what we were hoping to get rent for but when we found this and (laughs) it was so beautiful we're like you know it's still way less than we're paying
0: now in a short term everything else is less
1: expensive yeah yeah so yeah so so that's how we chose here
0: okay and honestly um for a touristy area in in sicily that adjacent to water which actually it's surrounded Mm -hmm. on three sides is is probably understandable but there again, you're right, you might be paying strenuary rent in a yes. touristy area. Were there any <laughs> considerations that helped you decide on Piedamonte or another area near Etna, like tax considerations? So the great thing about Sicily in general is right now we're in the
1: 90-10 zone, which means we only will pay tax on 10% of our U.S. income um, and since Matt gets his income from the U.S. that's fantastic mm-hmm. um, that may be changing in December that yeah may be changing
0: so this um, is the regime just, in patrioti people that yes Italy yeah. is talking openly about mm-hmm. about increasing that amount not necessarily getting exactly. out of the whole thing but changing the parameters exactly and so we've, we've come in just under the wire um, for that one but
1: Sicily in general all falls under that so it didn't really matter where we settled here and we're not looking to retire, so we didn't need to look for a 7% town. I, I, I think you've talked about that on the podcast. We have, uh, we before. have. And
0: actually, I will tell listeners that the population of Piedmonte Etna itself is 3,898. and And because of the less than 20,000 population, technically, it should qualify. But what I'm not able to research for you is, could it possibly be a frazione or a fraction of another community that's bigger or a municipality that's bigger, or could it itself have municipalities that belong to it? These are the kinds of things that can actually change the population parameter, though, when you look at ISTAT Mm -hmm. in English or ISTAT, however you look at it, um, that might not be reflected in that. And I'm certainly no expert, so we wouldn't be able to give you an input into that. But if you're interested in any of these Sicilian towns with less than 20,000 population or specifically Piedamonte et Etna, Mm -hmm. um, you would definitely want to check with the comune yourself to make certain that the qualifying population is less than 20,000. So
1: definitely always check. And if they're really close, then be even more concerned (laughs) about it. (laughs) Um, 19,999. I would not hold my breath. Uh, So Piedemonte at Neo is is a lovely little town. I actually happen to have a bunch of expat friends from all over not just us expats sort of living rurally just outside the town center nice um so that made it very appealing as well and and it's beautiful little town the town it's it's right off of the main highway so every sicilian here will tell you if a town is good
0: based on how quickly it is off of a highway would you say driving is necessary then for someone who would choose to live there it is for this because there's not a train
1: station i didn't Check the bus. I'm sure there's a bus because it is a main has the main road that goes all the way up the, the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, goes right through Piedamonte first. Uh, so oh. you get off in Fiume Fredo, which is down on the ground, and you just start going up the, the mountain. So there very likely could be a fantastic bus transportation there. I don't know it, but the train doesn't go right there. It is a main sort of thoroughfare okay. uh, going right down the middle of town. And the nice thing is too, that the, the town just passed at Lingua Glosa is, is a little more built up and has a few more restaurants and such. But then to the north of Piedmonte Paramina, which is almost unaffordable to live in anymore, but mm. it is beautiful to visit. We do think that Piedmont at Neo will definitely be benefiting from nearby, nearby Taormina becoming overcapacitated from sure, and airbnbs. And there's plenty of, especially for people looking for a project, there seem to be plenty of old houses that need new people to love them here in town. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, including
1: the one we're buying, which you can't buy mine.
0: (laughs) And and you're almost in receipt of the keys. So tell us if you guys have just been exploring the real estate market there. Tell us Mm -hmm. what maybe somebody can expect to either pay or uh, to rent for a two bedroom, like a two bedroom-ish.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I did some research to look into this, um, both for renting and for owning. There is not a lot of rental in Piedmont. Mm. I literally couldn't find anything on the two sites that I have, but they're really more for homes, anyways. But you could definitely get a two bedroom for anywhere from, oh, I saw the lowest one I saw that was like still walk in ready was 21,000. That was oh for my an auction. Goodness but it was five rooms it was a beautiful little house you mm-hmm. could live in it right away there's another one that's we had considered that was 270 which is feels like the average house price for the US and that was this giant second floor of a palazzo sort of commercial building and it has some of the most interesting spaces super high ceilings it was used most recently for a pool and, well, they say laboratory, but it was really like an office. They, they use laboratory different in, okay. in Italy, but we seriously considered it because it could, it just was like, it felt like a palace inside. It needed to have some of the lighting taken back down, but the trim and the the sort of indoor courtyard that you could have, the spaces were just amazing. So like that was the high end mm-hmm. and <laughs> I still think it's like, I, I want to say it was easily 300 square meters 3 to 400 square meters so it was a big it's a big place the grand staircase and whatever so okay. you can go sweet simple ready to go in you can find things that you can't live in for a while i think 270 would be the outer limit and that would have been like a 5 bedroom wow so so that's your range yeah <laughs> Twenty twenty one thousand to 270
0: proving the point um, that the affordability of sicily could actually help someone yeah. consider a visa like you did that's amazing so much so okay so much so I know that there are going to be buses there also. Maybe the schedule isn't the best for some of these small towns in Italy, but buses are probably there. The train is one town away, Fiume, Mm -hmm. Fredo. What about um, airports? You mentioned Catania. How far are Mm -hmm. you in time from Catania?
1: So it's closer than I am now. Pietamonte is in the province of Catania. There's the city of Catania and the province. Okay. So it is maybe 30 minutes on a bad traffic day.
0: Okay, not a big yeah. deal, not a big deal no, 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 it's pretty pretty darn close, okay, what about other services? Piedmont small Mm -hmm. anytime you're talking about less than 5000 it's small do you have adequate markets and grocers do you have local like physician's office there when you guys are there that you might need to you know run into for small things and not have to drive or if somebody didn't have a didn't have a car take the bus to another town other places to like fix your car or or, you know do do the daily things of life all of those things seem to be available
1: from specialty wi-fi store to you know Hmm. the place you're going to pick up gifts If you have kids and you need to get something for a kid's birthday party, there's less than I would like restaurants, but I'm hoping people like me and whatnot coming in will make more need for those. Yeah. And actually the building that I was just telling you about the big house, you would share that second floor with a small apartment that is used by a doctor. I mean, not that that's the only doctor there, but I just know for sure I ran Mm -hmm. into one that would have been next door to me. (laughs) So yeah, again, it's only 30 minutes from Catania, the city, the comune. And uh, that's where I had my surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the 30 University minutes to that hospital. hospital. So I am fine. I mean, 30 minutes in a city with traffic <laughs> could be, you know, in Boston, that could be two minutes away from me, but by with traffic, it could take longer than 30 minutes. So absolutely, yeah. So it seems it's really centrally located. I am living in the town, but there's also some beautiful rural Villa's just on the outskirts so if you wanted a little more land it's easy to have and still be within a short distance we've got fresh markets I met the butcher I've been introduced to the butcher and Hmm. there's actually like two butchers and they're only two blocks away so I need to find out if you know I'm allowed to shop at both of them or you have to pick (laughs) a butcher I'm like looking forward to all of the nuances, hairdressers, right. they've had their own festivals, I stopped at a festival, they have their own mayor, you know, all the good stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you want in a little town and yet it's small enough that people will know who the crazy
0: Americans who bought the palazzo <laughs> no anonymity for you there. <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> How are the attitudes of the local Italians that you can tell mm-hmm. towards people who immigrate into their community? Oh, I mean, Sicily in
1: general, every Sicilian that I've met wants to know more about why we're here. And mm. and they're just fascinated and they're excited to have us. And they're literally, they're the kindest people I've ever met. Oh. And you can meet somebody and it feels like 10 minutes later, you're having dinner at their table. We had to have a light on our car fixed and the guy fixing a semi-retired auto worker. He had to go pick up his bread when it came while he was working on our car. Then he offered us some fresh bread from the van that just came by. And it's so wholesome and friendly. And I've yet to meet somebody who doesn't want to stop and chat with me the minute they find out that
0: I love Sicily enough that I want to live here. So it's fantastic. Yep. Surreal. It really is it really is. How about weather and concerns for natural disasters? People need to know that the yeah. name Piedmonte Etna. Etna, si. Etna, yes. Means foot of the mountain mm-hmm. and obviously the mountain we're talking about is one you've all heard of, Etna. It so talk is. to us a little bit about both weather and concern for natural sure. disasters. So the weather is
1: great. Um, that's the other reason why I like this. In Sicily it can get as warm as, it's had some really hot hot um, years lately. It can get up to like 115 but the nice thing about up on the mountain and that I'm looking forward to is that it is always at least 10 degrees up there. But I would say I looked recently and and the averages are a high of 84 for a couple months and a low, the lowest it seems to get is like 41. Up, up high on, on Aetna, you know, which is not in our town, you can see snow. So you can go up and you can ski on Aetna. But I can also go down to the water and put my feet in the, in the sea. So it's in a really neat place. And actually from our, our terrace, I can look out and see across the water to Calabria and I can see, turn around and see the snow on Etna. So it's really fascinating little geography location. And so the weather is great. It doesn't get too cold and it doesn't get too warm. And if you want to get colder, you can go up the mountain. If you need to go get warmer, you just go down to the sea. You know, we have on the island, the island, I think it's three plates, uh, tectonic plates hit together um, underneath the island so we have had earthquakes uh there was a really bad one in 1693 and so if you come and visit every tour will say oh and then because of the earthquake of 1693 this whole town was rebuilt this whole town was rebuilt it immediately started taking into account that so the houses even though they're old they have very thick stone walls and these guys have stayed up since then Mm -hmm. and all new building has to have seismic stuff in it it doesn't burn down because it's stone and so we have even down here in uh, Ortigia so we're about a little over halfway down the right side of Sicily we have felt an earthquake once I don't know what it was and it wasn't here we just still felt it from up I think it was up in Messina it it felt like uh, somebody had just driven by in a big moving truck Okay, like rattled that. So it was really short enough to be like, okay, wait a second, we're in a stone building. So we shouldn't feel the effects. (laughs) I was like, I think that was a earthquake. And Matt yelled back. Yeah, me too. Well, I think it's (laughs) over. That was it. It was it okay. was, you know, we actually had to look it up because we weren't sure if we were making things up. <laughs> but they do have them. I think earthquakes are more of an issue than the uh, volcano. So, the volcano, I think in its in all recorded history has only caused the deaths of 120 people that's in recorded history mm-hmm. and some of those people could have been fu- like who knows you know now we have alert system and they were like a long time ago right. in all recorded history it's just it's not i, I think people on mountains probably i would like to know just regular mountains people falling down um uh, injuries and such but yeah. um it's really interesting to look into if any of anybody's actually considering living here definitely look into it. What I've found from the Sicilians that I know here is that there's sort of two kinds of volcanoes. There's the inactive and there's an active. And you actually want the active. You want the ones that are just slowly giving off heat. They never get mad. They just...
0: Oh, how fascinating so it's, open. it's like the
1: valve is open okay i know okay and, this is different um, than
0: the than what they're experiencing in the napoli area exactly yeah yeah, yeah with so you stuff.
1: don't want one that can build up build up build up build up build up build up, build up and then it explodes I'm not, you know every time we see it now we drive and everybody is always so excited to see it like the sicilians that live here are like oh there's no clouds today you can see her She's a Mm -hmm. she. Everybody's happy to see her. They call her Mama Etna. She just is, she's well-loved here. She's loved. If you live on the East Coast and you've been traveling and and you come back and you're like, oh, I'm back. I see her. I know where I am. She centers people. I I don't know if I believe in that kind of thing, but she is a well-loved. She's not feared at all. Um, And they've got so many seismic cameras. You can see all these cool cameras that are all over the area. So you can see what's going on. She did give a little display uh, like three days ago and it was gorgeous and everybody's like hey if you can see Edna from where you live go look now go look now it's beautiful you know it's just like she just sort of brules a little sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, it's
0: fascinating. And if you like geology, this is the place to be. Oh, cool. Yes. Well, on that note, let's talk to people about the other things of, of interest, both in nature and culturally. I know mm-hmm. that you're fairly close to Taormina, which means to me from previous interview, you're rich in both Greek and Roman ruins in the area. Yes. Tell me tell me what's close to there. And then we'll actually close with regional food and wine. I think your, your festival in the September... Time period sounds really amazing
1: yeah so etna is the greatest thing for hiking and tours and uh skiing and she's she's like doing things all year round, but you're right above Giardini Naxos, mm-hmm. which is sort of the first place I believe that the Greeks supposedly came uh, on land. Double check that. I could be totally making that <laughs> up. You know, my daughter is getting her master's degree right now in Greek and Latin. So she's thrilled that we live here. And there are places, I mean, I can't even list all the places. That's why we fell in love with Sicily, because we will never finish seeing it all. Oh, we'll I never. love it possible way there's so much to do and see here from stand-up paddling in a bay to hiking there's just there's so much whether you're like outdoor or churches or archaeological sites and museums ceramics they're just there's
0: never an end to what you can do
1: here in Sicily
0: Awesome. I did read a little bit about, of course, wine in your area and your particular town Piedmonti. sounds very interesting for its, I think it's a September festival. I did even read that there has been an appearance of a wine fountain in your piazza. Tell us a little bit about that um, (laughs) locales, special festival, and then we'll close. Sure. Well, you picked the one festival that
1: I actually went to there. Uh, It's the (laughs) Vendemia um, and it's sort of the wine festival. It is a beautiful, I mean, it was just gorgeous. Just There were horses out with the traditional carts and, and they're wearing all their embroidered bells and whistles and, and just for people to stand near and take pictures. And they set up this sort of like mini old village. So there was a A palmento is uh, a great thing for people to look up. It's the old way they would make wine. And a lot of old palmentos, This sort of a room that used gravity to make wine. So you'd throw it in the upper window and then it would use gravity and you'd crush it with this uh, big uh, twisting log that would turn a corkscrew and squish everything down. Um, (laughs) So they had a little one of those built in the farm and little animals. It was just adorable. The kids were doing uh, exhibition soccer on their little, they're like three-year-olds. So it was just a whole bunch of dads (laughs) moving them in the right direction it just felt like again super wholesome super fantastic the mayor was there and was introducing like the the different there's like an Italian martial arts sword fighting kind of exercise and he got up there and was introducing them and it just was absolutely fantastic and I was just so excited to know that this is Going to be outside my front door. Oh, sure. And every little town has these things. So when yours is done this weekend, you can go to the next town and, <laughs> and go to there. So it's fantastic. Food and wine here in that in the region is just fantastic.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your visa today. That visa experience is absolute news to to most of us. How that really works from the inside and about Piedmont Etna. If it's all right with you, I would like to sure. plan on a follow up because I'd also like to. Follow and have listeners be aware of your journey with rebuilding your palazzo. Oh, I'd love to. It's sort of <laughs> been a very secretive reveal. It
1: is. <laughs> I'm trying not to curse it. I don't know if I believe in cursing, but... Yes, we're very excited and we're going to be putting a lot of it up for people because we want people to learn from what we're learning. Um, I don't believe in keeping things secret for too long. So it's killing me not to share it with people. So I would love to.
0: I would absolutely love to follow. And is there a plan for this palazzo other than to live in it? So there is a plan We're, we're working on. There's a house, a main house,
1: and then they've taken one part of the house, which is fully accessible to the whole house, but they've made it an apartment at some point. And we're going to sort of keep that there. And plans right now are to possibly use it as an artist in residence program oh, where we cool. could invite residents in to stay and then to sort of make something offer we'd have maybe an art show but to have them during sort of the off season mm-hmm. and then also you know there's a, Americans who need to like have a place to live so they can get their visa but need a visa so they can have a place to live and, and we think oh. you know it might be a nice way to have a sort of a midterm length rental with people who know that we know what they're going through and it gives them some security to just get that part done when it's not really their forever home or their forever
0: place, but um, but yeah. it would be a great place to yeah. um, to start. You are entrepreneurial. That is a brilliant <laughs> thought. I would even extend that for folks seeking citizenship from within sure. Italy. That might be a very nice scenario. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you absolutely so much, Jenna. I cannot wait to have you back again because I want to follow that journey. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I love talking. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like us and subscribe for more. We will continue to explore regions, towns, taxes, and tips here and on Facebook at Affordable Italy, living La Dolce Vita on a bootstring, at Instagram under the same name, and eventually italyisaffordable.com. If you know anyone who is living in Italy who'd like to converse with me, I'd love to meet them via my email, italyisaffordable at gmail.com. And now for that much-anticipated Limoncello. Chin-chin!